Let me spin the wheel. Why are we spinning the wheel? Because it's my turn. Oh. <laughs> it's not all about you. Okay. Like, I get okay, a turn as well. Your turn, Kumar. Spin the wheel. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Church for Atheists. This is episode four and we are back at it again. I am Michael and I'm here with the illustrious... Illustrious Kumar. Welcome back. How are you? I am good. I am relatively good. It is still early in the day, so I'm feeling a little kind of um, like my voice is not quite awake yet. Yeah. You're the first person I'm talking to today. Shouldn't really? Feel so special? Well, for our listener, where it's actually about eight o'clock in the morning, and Michael and I are recording, and it's yes, yeah, so you sound good for morning voice. Well, well, thank you. This is my sexy morning voice. I think it'll get higher as as we go along. Okay, <laughs> hate that. I, I hate that my voice is so high. I hate that. <laughs> you can make, but I feel, your voice is not high so much as it is a little um nasal, whiny. Yes, yes, it's a little whiny, but it's cute. It's fine. Hey, listener, I got to tell you something amazing. What? And that is that Michael and I saw each other for the first time in person <gasps> since quarantine last week. Yes. Uh, that. Well, is that true? Let's just go with that. It sounds better. Okay. <laughs> well, no. Well, what is true is that we were able to actually hang out in the same space together. And I was actually able to get a hug from you for the first time in like a year and a half. That's true. That is very true. So Michael came over to my house. We sat in the backyard for about eight minutes. I don't even think it was eight minutes. He tried to force me into nature, which he knows I don't like. And it was hot. And I was I was willing to like push through for you. It was hot. So yeah, and you I, called it. It was like 72 degrees. We were like, no, it was like 85. <laughs> <laughs> it but was, more importantly, we got to hang out. How did it feel? It felt great. It felt like old times. I mean, I was a little kind of, I don't want to say annoyed. I was a little jealous that my kids all decided to just come into the room as if like you're visiting them. I'm like, guys, I told you, Mr. Michael here them. me. And they like just plop down as if like they're about to, like watch like a cutco knife demonstration. And I was like, what is happening here? They were visiting with me. It was uh, perfectly fine. And then the wife joined. It was a full Dixit visit. It was fun. It was really yes. fun. And I'm I mean, I to totally, yeah, I absolutely, it felt so invigorating to like be among, you know, like non-work people. Because mm. unlike most people who've been, I think, working from home, I've been actually out and about. Like, I mean, I see hundreds of people every single day at work. I'm in a hospital. It's huge. It's busy. So I haven't had that isolation from humans, but definitely isolation from like friends, like anybody who's not like in my household. And we've been pretty good about being, you know, separate from people. So it was huge. That's awesome. Hey, are yeah. we in the lobby yet? Or are we still outside? This, in the parking no, well, lot? okay, fine. So maybe we're outside. It's because we haven't seen each other in forever. So we were outside. We were overly excited. Now we're going into the lobby. So what's been going on with you? 
Oh, so much, Michael. So much. You look less than excited. Tell the people why really? that is. What's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I'm excited. I'm just like, I got a lot going on and, you know, podcasts should be fun. And I'm stressed because I have the podcast and then my daughter's having a birthday party like an hour and a half after this podcast is recorded. And then I have to run upstairs and like get everything that I didn't get done yesterday done. So just, yeah. Oh, and then on top of that, um, this afternoon I'm doing a, I'm giving a seminar via zoom and it's just. So why do we have all these things planned for the same day, Kumar? Because I am an idiot and I don't know how to say no. Yes. And what are we going to do about that, Kumar? We are going to, as as they would say on Fashion Runway, edit, edit, edit. Yes. Cut, cut, cut. Cut. And, we, I, oh, this is what we talked about. Well, one of the things we talked about last week was me becoming like your personal calendar manager. Yes. Everything and like nothing gets in your calendar unless it comes through me. I think that's a great idea. I am down for it. And I'll even do it for free. I love it. I'm scared I will have nothing to do at night then. But that's because you are over, you're overdoing it all the time. I know, I know. But the one thing I feel like you should know is that you do not always have to be perky for the podcast. Thank you. Because if you're overwhelmed, you're overwhelmed. Exactly. I just, our listener can know that sometimes I'm overwhelmed and depressed and just slogging. We want you to feel your feelings. All right. Well, I hear the bells ringing. Let's go in. Ding dong, ding dong. Okay, so we're we inside the sanctuary. Yes. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't remember any church bells sounding like <laughs> ding dong, ding dong. No, but some churches have like a chime, like a ding, yes. ding to let you know ding, that it's ding. time to like get your act together and get yes. inside. So I actually have been obsessed. Well, do you know who my God is? Do I, I know who what? My God is. If I had to pick a god, um, Oprah. Yes, you know, <laughs> so, you know me so well. <laughs> I feel seen. That is so hilarious. <laughs> so I've been super obsessed with her new book that she wrote with psychiatrist Bruce Perry, mm-hmm. um, and it is. If you haven't gotten it yet, you should absolutely get it. It is called "What Happened to You." Mm. So, yes. So you, in particular, should absolutely get this book (laughs) like absolutely um but to all of our listeners definitely i recommend it highly it talks about trauma and resilience um and in in it's kind of written in a way that is just really engaging and puts to words a lot of things that i think i have always known but haven't been able to articulate or a lot of new insights too so anyway all that is to say, the opening prayer this morning is a quote, actually, from Bruce Perry, who is the co-author of the book. Um, and it says, all of us tend to gravitate towards the familiar, even when the familiar is unhealthy or destructive. We are drawn to what we were raised with. Mm. And so mm. that, I thought, was very interesting. Then he kind of goes on to talk about mm-hmm. how malleable the brain is. And when we're born, the brain is like taking in all of these, you know, sensory pieces of data. And it adjusts and learns to kind of figure out, well, how do I survive in this world? So if you grow up in a traumatic environment or a chaotic environment, then your brain kind of adapts to that. And sometimes even, so when you get older, and you're faced with either, you know, a nurturing or normal or predictable 
home or relationship or workspace that you could find yourself sabotaging it because your brain is trying to actually create chaos because that's what it's accustomed to. That's really interesting. Read it one more time. So all of us tend to gravitate to the familiar, even when the familiar is unhealthy or destructive. We are drawn to what we were raised with. Wow. Ruth Perry. Uh, so I'm, first of all, I'm mad that Oprah has like a new Dr. Phil because I've never heard of him before. Oh no, please do not compare him to Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he is so much more insightful. And then I'm, secondly, I'm mad that Oprah has a new book and I don't know about it. Like, I find that actually kind of weird. Well, listen, anything from Oprah is beautiful. You just spoke from the holy verse of Oprah. So thank you. Exactly. That's so let really... it be written. So let it be done. I love it. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Wait, what do we have for the opening song this episode? All right. Opening song is a song that I was actually just introduced to this week. And mm-hmm. I, are you familiar with the rapper Lecrae? I am familiar with the rapper Lecrae. Really? How what, are you familiar? He's why do you ask me and then act surprised? Well, he's Christian. How do you know about Lecrae? So I know about Lecrae because my most, one of the most favorite humans in the world that I have, um, uh, well, I'm not going to name him. Anyway, he is basically after my children, like my most favorite child. And he was really into Lecrae at a period in time like when he was like maybe a tween Mm. and so I got introduced then and I thought Lecrae was really kind of extra and was super corny so I do not love or like Lecrae but I am aware of who he is and I know he's a Christian rapper and then the second um time I thought about him recently was when wasn't he coming for Katy Perry he was coming for Katy Perry? Yes, I think he was trying to take issue with Katy Perry because of a beat from one of her songs that he was trying to claim like he was the first person that had the beat and that she needed to like recognize him. I'm like, sir. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay, first of all, nobody comes after Katy Perry. Right? <laughs> okay, nobody. Come I on. mean, she's like a prison worship singer. <laughs> she actually did grow up. Christian. Yes. Which then makes me think she probably did steal the beat from. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the point is her song was much hotter. So So Lecrae and John Legend have a song together called Drown. I mean, I've been listening to Lecrae forever and I love his stuff. I was kind of surprised that, you know, they would collaborate together because I never even thought of John Legend and Lecrae together, but. John Legend collaborates with all kinds of people. I'm interested to know what this sounds like though. I love John Legend, but I don't think he's a great um, collaborator. Well, let's let's listen to it right now. Yeah.
What do you think? Hmm. I'm so one. I'm super impressed with John. I mean, John sounds amazing. As I mean, he always sounds amazing. So he was really good. Did I tell you that you know John and I made eye contact once? Really? Yes. We were. At, I was at a concert at the Fillmore, oh. and you know it was like a small, intimate kind of venue. And so we were like maybe the second row back, and we were, it was all like standing, and I felt like we had eye contact. He was like right there. But anyway, that's an aside. So what? I mean, I I was hmm, underwhelmed. Okay. But I felt I think I got the message. I mean, Lecrae tends to do a lot of these, you know, Christian-ish but can kind of be secular themed yes. songs. So yes. he's trying to reach a wider audience. Right. Wider or whiter? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he has a mortgage, I'm sure. So yeah, the exactly. point is <laughs> at, some le- at some level we all water ourselves down, okay? Exactly. So yeah, I mean I, I I mean it seems like it has a pretty good message about you know, somebody you can depend on that won't let you drown when you're feeling like you're, you know, can't breathe and you're, when you're overwhelmed. Exactly. I mean, I think that to me, the key to the song is who is your lifeline? You know, sadly, people don't have a lifeline. You know, they're all alone. And I, can I just tell a 30 second story? Of course. Yeah, this is probably about 16 years ago. My wife had given birth. She had um, some. Oh, I get emotional just thinking about it, but she got had some some issues post birth and was hospitalized and had to like have like some surgery done, and everything just happened so quickly, like so quickly, you know, like oh she has to go to the hospital, oh we got to put her on, on anesthesia, and I remember like seeing her, kissing her, and then like I'm like wheeling her away, and. I like lost it. Like I lost it, Michael. Like, and I was like ugly crying. I couldn't breathe. And I opened my phone up to like call somebody and I had like no one to call. And I was like, I'm like a freaking pastor. I have like a congregation. People like depend on me. But the moment that I like need somebody, I couldn't even think of one person like to call in like my moment. And, and part of it could have been just because I was stressed. But it really was a wake up call to me um, later when I got my mind together. Like, Bro, you can't do life and not really have a lifeline. I think of you as one of my lifelines. I think I might cry. <laughs> well, that is so. Huh. Well, yeah. It was, it was I... an awful experience, and I never want to experience that, and nor do I ever want someone to feel that they're alone either. I am absolutely, absolutely moved by that story i mean because it's so real and i mean i genuinely feel sad like the, the the feeling that you don't have somebody else to to reach out to when you're in having such a you know traumatic moment is just really 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 sad yeah and i'm glad that i'm one of your lifelines you definitely are i'm glad i'm sad you weren't in my life 17 years Ago or sixteen. I years. was in your life. You, ju- I was just more peripherally in your life. Yeah, you were definitely on the side view. <laughs> yeah, very side view. Right. I don't think you had my cell phone number. No, <laughs> like, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like that song because it really kind of pushes you to think about 
who do you have? But even more importantly, are you willing to be that somebody? Because when you're, when you are that somebody, when you're that lifeline to somebody, that mm-hmm. means you have to be willing to like give up your time. Yes. That like those people are draining at that moment. Mm-hmm. It means that like sometimes like people who need a lifeline aren't willing to be saved immediately. And so you right. have to, like spend a lot of time in the like pool with them. <laughs> yeah, know? no, really. And it also, I mean, yeah. And I think in order to have lifelines, I mean, that you could reach out to, it to me goes back to you have to be ready and willing to be having and developing vulnerable and authentic relationships. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to open up and actually develop deep relationships, which I think for pastors is really difficult because of the, I mean, people have very unrealistic expectations of pastors and their lifestyles and their internal thoughts and all of that. So like, I I would imagine it's super difficult to have friends that you could actually, you know, rely on and be fully vulnerable with when they're also expecting you to be a certain kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get paid to behave a certain way and people exactly. want to, people want you to stay in character. Right. Well, well, I think for people, honestly, I don't think they don't think it's a character, right? I think mm-hmm. part of the whole religious, I mean, the system and how it all works is that I I kind of believe that you are I mean, the the person that you're presenting, because somebody has to be. And if I'm going to be relying on you to be my spiritual leader, then I have to believe that you kind of have it together when it comes to spirituality. Not that you're perfect, but like you're, yeah, like you don't have like hateful thoughts or you you don't fly off the handle or whatever it is. So that's tricky. Guess what time it is? What time is it? You threw me off with that. Now I'm feeling sad. Oh. But yes, but look at her. She's she's fine. She's alive, listener. She's alive. And more than alive, feisty as oh ever. Oh my lord, she is alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's confession time. Confession time. Mm-hmm. Are we doing the wheel or are we just yes. jumping to confession? All Regardless right. of if it lands on confession, I don't have a confession. <laughs> I'm feeling slightly panicked now. <laughs> oh, 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 Michael, two weeks in a row. Prayer request. I feel like somebody up there is looking out for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, whoever he or she is, <laughs> they're, they're definitely giving me what I need. So prayer request actually is related to... I guess something we mentioned earlier on in this episode, which is seeing each other. So last week we were actually able to like see each other and hang out and touch each other, which sounds really dirty, but it wasn't dirty at all. I mean, he kept his hands to himself for the most part. <laughs> exactly. So, but I think my prayer request is really related to last night for the first time in the entire like pandemic we had like non-family members over to our house um excuse um, me i know you are on the schedule now you're sir. on the schedule sir you're on the schedule oh my gosh i can't believe you've had people over at your house yeah, people over, two people a couple okay anyway we, so we have we have reopened the booking right and yeah. it is you know 
it's it's very very odd to be like having people like scheduling people to come over but anyway so this is going to turn into a confession actually um, <laughs> but basically but my prayer request is that everybody we had such a good time just literally looking at other people sitting in the house like with like it's so crazy to yeah. not have and again i don't know how people have been living the pandemic life i think people have been maybe not as strict as we have been but mm -hmm. when i say we literally have not had non-family members in the house i mean like we really have not so just to see friends in the house like opposite you on the sofa or at the dining table was so bizarre and i really really pray that the trend that we have um of the decreasing rates of positivity and for for covid19 i pray that it really kind of continues and that we as humans we're so relational i want us to be able to kind of reconnect with people because even though you're in touch with people the whole time and talking on the phone or even zoom there's just nothing that can replace the physical interaction and i hope that we are able to kind of maintain this positive trend and get us back to some sort of world in which we can have just in-person relations just way more often and I guess the the confession part of that is that I'm also kind of panicked by the emerging from the pandemic and now feeling slightly stressed by how quickly the calendar is like booking up because I'm also like, but I want to sleep. Let me spin the wheel. Why are we spinning the wheel? Because it's my turn. Oh. <laughs> it's not all about you. Okay. Like, I get okay, a turn as well. Your turn, Kumar. Spin the wheel. All right. Confession. Ooh. I have three confessions. Oh, God. Um, you choose. Do you want to hear Ooh. one that's health-related? Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear one that is pop culture related mm -hmm. or do you want to hear one that's um, educationally related, academic? Hmm. I think let's go with academic. Oh, okay. For $500. For $500? Oh, right. Alex is dead. Uh, Alex is dead. It's so sad. <laughs> so All right. Tell me about your academic confession. My academic one. So I, I know that you and my wife have been talking and texting and calling. I, I know. I know. I know. You, you, you're, you're, you're trying to work out like two relationships in the same home. I don't think so. You see, I am Polly that way. Yeah, I clearly, because <laughs> you're, you're like Polly Dixit. So <laughs> Polly Dixit. Yeah, Polly Dixit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my wife is thinking about doing a second master's or a PhD. Yes. And... I'm, I'm happy for her. I mean, she's at a place in her life where she's really wanted, wanted to do some research and really trying to pursue her, her career. But I'm also wanting to do a PhD myself. Oh, for crying out loud. And so I've been like looking into PhD programs. I've talked to a couple like people in- Have you told her this? No, this is why it's a confession. We got to whisper. <laughs> and since, and How since, come I don't know this. And since she doesn't listen to the podcast, she'll never know. <laughs> oh, she'll know because I'm going to tell her. <laughs> so I like have looked at a PhD program myself. I've talked to, to one of the advisors 
And I oh, know- Hold up. What PhD program are you looking for? And why don't I know this? Don't why am worry. I finding out with all these other random people listening? <laughs> Listen, I'm- This is why I'm talking to your wife instead of you. <laughs> she's going to be mad if I'm trying to do a program while she's doing a program. You're not doing a program while she's doing a program. Listener, yes. for you to know this, I already have a doctorate. Yes. And, so I'm and now- she suffered through it. She did suffer through it. So I have a doctorate and I want to do another one. And I know she's going to be like, you're dead. Yeah, absolutely not. But what, what so we're I, not paying for another doctorate for you. Right. But what if I get a doctorate and it's paid for? It's not going to be paid for because you, what are you going to do it full time? This is really awkward silence. <laughs> because... Where are you going to find time, Kumar, to do this? I do better when I'm really busy. Why is that? What are you running from? Oh, my why gosh. Can't you be, why can't you be quiet? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is like, ther- I do therapy on Fridays. Not I mean, do you do therapy every time you talk to me? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyways, that's my confession. I'm thinking about it, but I'm afraid of my wife. And maybe I'll just wait till she finishes her program. And then I'll. Yes. I am definitely on board for this in your retirement. Or like after she's done doing her thing and like at least one more kid is off to college, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do not think that you need to try to like upstage her at this point. We'll discuss further. All right. Speaking of education, um, our sermon today is related to that. And it's about how to get your kid into college. Oh, this is a this is a bit of a left turn yeah. or right turn. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm it's, interested. It, it's not necessarily like an inspirational Oprah esque kind of sermon, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I thought's very practical for our listener. Yeah, because and I and it's, you know it, it just comes down to this is where we are in our life, right? Like yeah. I have a kid going to college this year. I have another one preparing for college. You have two that are going to be going to college in a couple of years, and. College is so different from where, when it was 25 years ago. And when, one of the things that our listener doesn't know is that in a previous life, mm-hmm. Michael was an admissions counselor. Oh my God, please don't put that out there. I, I yes, I was. And it was a doozy. So Reginald Garcon is a... Uh, on. Let's listen in real quick. Alrighty. So these days, what are they looking for when they're looking at an essay? Because some kids aren't good writers, but they have a compelling story. Some kids have professional coaches who are helping them write their essays. I'm not going to point at anybody who did that with their child, but I'm just saying it can happen, right? Of course. So so, so what, what do you do to try to even the playing field to find the right student? So the first thing, and you said it, what is your story? What is your journey? What is your passion? Or why have you decided on a particular field of study? Mm -hmm. Those are different target areas that can help frame what your story is about. And then you go ahead and write about that. It could have been something as simple as, well, because I had a family member who was ill and I helped assist. And therefore that began my appreciation for the health sciences, for example. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That might, I mean, that might be, a, you know, someone's story or it, or it could be something traumatic that might have happened that they, that they've learned from. So it, it, it all varies, but ultimately what's your story and what are you trying to do? And the other thing I wanted to say now, you, there will be those individuals that's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. So what should I write about? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so that is a challenge, but how do you use that? There's still things that you are good at. What have mm-hmm. you been involved in? You can focus on those things. And if you don't have a, a specific thing in mind, think about how maybe you just want to be a better citizen, you know, how yeah. you want to give back to the community, mm-hmm. let those things be your focus. So, so that it doesn't necessarily matter which path you in, you just know that you want to contribute and be impactful to others. So do do colleges look down at the fact that a student is undeclared for a major? No, not at all. In in fact, at the institution where I work at, as well as other institutions, it's not uncommon to have a lot of undecided, undeclared, or they may call them students who are in a general studies major. That is not uncommon. And the beauty of the thing is, research has shown that students in college tend to change their majors four to five times before they even graduate. Right. right. So it's it's not uncommon. So if you don't have a clear path, that is okay. That is not a problem. Okay. Okay. That's, that's helpful to know. Um, what are some of the common issues students are currently facing, you know, trying to get into college? What are some of the things they just don't realize or the parents don't know to help advocate for them? So one of the first things I know, it's all about deadlines. Mm. So many people miss key deadlines. For example, each year, March 1st is a deadline. It's a crucial deadline. That is the deadline for students to apply for financial aid, the FAFSA. Mm -hmm. And so if you apply by that particular deadline, then it opens you up to other grants and scholarships that's available by that deadline. So that is key. And let's stop right there, because I don't think a lot of people know that the FAFSA has a limited amount of money. Meaning there's a bank account and once it's done, it's done. So if you're getting in the early in the line, you're going to more likely get money. But if you like are one of the last people who you know keeps delaying, you're going to may not have access to all the money that the people who applied on March 1 did. Is that is that, am I correct? Oh, you are totally correct. You're totally okay. correct. And in addition to the FAFSA, there are other scholarships, which I know we'll talk about in, in, a, in a little bit, that may follow not only that deadline, but they may have their own deadline. So the sooner you begin the process of research to mm-hmm. know what's available and what deadlines and that you already have a, uh, a working uh college essay, then it makes it easier because a lot of the different essays and scholarships, they want to know about you. They want to know if you have a particular need. For example, uh, maybe this is the first, you're the first one in your family that's going to college. That's a story within itself. Or maybe you're footing the bill all by yourself. That's, that's a story within itself. So you have to find out what, what's your story, what makes it unique. Yeah. 
So we are back after the sermon. That was interesting. Like I said, it's so different than anything we've done before, but I'm actually kind of glad that we're taking a bit of a detour because amazingly enough, the wife and I have been talking a lot with the kids about college and a lot of that information was super helpful. Mm. So I'm hoping that our listeners actually found it helpful, whether you are, you know, a parent of college age kids or kids that are about to go to college or you have friends with kids about to go to college. So super helpful to get like the inside scoop. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was very practical. And I think the, the, the one thing that I want everyone to know, and I, I mentioned this later in the, in, in the full extended version of the podcast that's available at Concierge Minister Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that is everybody can afford to go to college. Everybody. Hmm. So- uh, I just, I, and one of the things I shared in the podcast is my, my own story. Like I had nothing, I had no money, but I like hustled. I got every scholarship known to man. I made up scholarships. I double scholarships. I, you know, I just. I don't think we want to admit that. <laughs> I'm just saying that you got to hustle. And if you, if I, I hate when I hear young people say I can't afford college. Yes, you can. If Kumar Dixit could go to college, you can too. And that may sure. also, yes. How do we feel that, about that? <laughs> and that may mean like going to community college for two years. Like you don't have to go like go to Princeton and be like, I can't afford it. No, go to community college, take a few classes and start like working towards it. But everybody can afford it. I'm not saying everybody should go to college. I'm saying everybody can afford it. Yes. Well, yeah, okay. So if yes, if you, if college is in your, your, you know, in your future, as in you want to go to college, then yes, I think there are many a way that you can actually make it happen. I think one of the things I have, you just mentioned community college. I, I am such a fan of, I mean, I will fangirl over my community college experience. Mm. I felt like, you know, I changed careers. And so that was the first time while I was working full time, I did a lot of my prerequisites for nursing at a community college. And honestly, I don't know if it's because I was older or just because the quality of the teaching, I feel like my community college experience was so, so, so good. I learned yeah. so much and I think it was so high quality. And I think people just undervalue them. So they really do. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I, it's amazing. I took a couple classes at community college um, when I was trying to gra finish graduating and I needed to take some quick classes mm -hmm. and I needed a general elective, just anything. It could be like basket weaving. I just needed those like um, credits. credits. Yeah. And guess what I took? Basket weaving? No, from somebody, <laughs> somebody who grew up like completely conservative Christian and repressed. I took a class called the history of rock and roll. And it was awesome. I it was it. awesome. <laughs> I it it like like everything from my childhood to now that I didn't know about because my parents had repressed me. I learned everybody who they were, what why they were there. It was it was amazing. Your intro to pop culture. Pretty much. It was yeah. Awesome. No, I mean, I, yeah, I think yeah, it, it definitely community colleges are great. But what else did you take away from talking to Reggie? I mean, he yeah. seemed like he would be a great. Like, I would love to, like, if I had him as a, you know, like a, an advisor, that would be amazing. He, yeah, um, really, really helpful. I think the other piece to all of this is how important it is to get your paperwork done early. Like, like mm -hmm. he talked about the FAFSA. 
-hmm. He was like, you got to get that done early. A lot of parents just don't do it. And there's just a certain limited amount of money that the government makes available. And if you're not getting the FAFSA in, you're not going to like have access to that money for scholarships. Right. And the other thing is the FAFSA also helps differentiate like your demographics. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, all these other organizations are now sending you targeted information for scholarships that you may not know about because you didn't fill out your paperwork on time. But I think part of the problem is that a lot of parents, well, parents of, and I think we are super privileged because we have been to college. And so I think we know the processes, even though, I mean, they've changed over time. We kind of generally know what all is kind of involved and required. I wonder what his advice is for, or or how, what are we doing, like from the community standpoint to make sure that parents who are not necessarily college educated, that they know how to guide their kids in getting that kind of stuff done because when I think about it and I just had this thought if I think about my world I don't know anybody that didn't go to college I mean like really know them like any of my close friends which is unfortunate because I think it's a lack of perspective right to have you know I think we need more diversity in our lives but even if you think of even church like your church you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who didn't go to college. Yeah. I mean, we are definitely cloistered in a very kind of upper class, such an economic level where yeah. we don't really have connections with people who aren't going to college, you know? And I yeah. think also just speaking from like a South Asian perspective, like, Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that's like the top percentile of the same group we were talking about. Exactly. There, there, there is an expectation for my kids to go to college. I mean, that since birth, it's been, of course, yes. We are expecting you to go to college is like junior high, okay, for yeah. most American people, right? No, I think, yeah, that was super helpful. So is that now, is that out already on Concierge Minister? Where can people find it? Yes, you can find the full interview on Concierge Minister podcast, as well as Dr. Reggie's book. It's called Dr. Reggie's College Checklist. It's available mm-hmm. on Amazon.com. And if you are a Prime member, which... Seriously, who's not? Who's, but you see, there are people who are probably not Prime members. I know one person who's not a Prime member and they always, and they always ask me to like get stuff for them. Yes. I think I know who that person is. (laughs) So yeah, if you're a Prime member, you can actually get Dr. Reggie's book for free on Kindle Unlimited. Oh. Yeah. So you should really check that out. Check it out. It's a very helpful checklist. So I think it's great. Hey, we got to move on. We got offering time. The ushers are coming forward right now with their white gloves. The ushers. To collect the offering. And their judgy eyes passing the basket. They are making. Do you know I've seen people steal money out of the offering plate? I mean, I'm not surprised. And and the most. adults? Yes. And the most obnoxious thing I've seen from where I was standing in the pulpit, uh-huh. somebody made change out of the offering plate. I mean, is that obnoxious? Like, <laughs> come on. I'm not dropping, a, if I have a $100 bill, I mean, I'm not, and I don't, I cannot afford to, or I don't want to give a $100 bill. I mean, you I prefer saw, that I don't give you the 20? I don't know. And take back my 80? Yes, just give it to God. Give it to God. Because you know why? It to God. When you give it to God, it goes to me. So thank you. Exactly. And I want to give you 20, not 80. Yeah, I saw. I, I don't know. I couldn't see close up, but I'm sure they put a 20 in and they took a five out. I was like, yeah, really? That is, that, that is real. 
one other one other just story from the from the front lines from the pulpit (laughs) somebody once put a lottery ticket into the offering plate and did you scratch it (laughs) it wasn't a scratch off it wasn't a scratch off it was just the numbers i mean why ever not part of me was wondering like if it won would i have even told the church or would i have just like retired you see, that would have been a confession. Exactly. <laughs> all now you would have just been living it up and I, nobody would know that you got it in the offering. Exactly. That was God giving it to me. <sighs> all right. You want to do the offering? Go first. so broken. Offering. So actually, yes. Yeah, so I have an interesting offering actually this week. Tell me, tell me. So, well, now I feel like you set the bar too high. Don't get so excited. So it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. So this week, Bev um, found, and I don't know how she knew about this, but the wife, she found this church in Gaithersburg, Maryland, um, Gaithersburg Church of the Nazarene, and they are doing this drive. It's, it's called Blessing Baskets. And it's basically you donate $125 and they like buy, they use it to like buy all this stuff to like give people who have been struggling during the pandemic and they kind of hand them out. So it's basket, I mean, it's everything ranging from food to clothing items, to household items, toilet paper, all kinds of stuff and in a huge basket. So they are still doing the drive. Um, so you can absolutely donate to them at gaithersburgnazarene.org. Or if you don't, I mean, I think that, I mean, they're not unique. So while this is what we did, um, I think that, you know, it seems like they're doing some really good work, but I'm pretty sure most churches do have some sort of giving program, whether it's a food pantry or something. So you don't have to necessarily go to this particular church to give, but I would highly encourage you for offering this episode to find some sort of a local church that's doing some good work, um, make a donation, ask them what they're doing and, I'm sure they'll be able to put your money and your donations to good work. And I want to cry that the atheist is promoting donations to a local church. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I see where people are and I can acknowledge good work where it's happening. (laughs) They're telling people that they have to believe in, you know, the sacrificial lamb of Jesus in order to get a basket. I may have different feelings, <laughs> but if they're just handing them out, I'm happy to donate. Well, and I'm glad you recognize the good work churches contribute of course. In, our, in our society. They're the body of Christ, exactly. the hands and the feet. Oh, that's so yeah, sweet of you. what happens? I My mom would it. be so I, proud. I love your mother would be proud. <laughs> All right. My offering goes to Operation Smile. Are you familiar with Operation Smile? I think I've heard it. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. I think I have. So it's it's basically them. helping um, fix and repair cleft palates and cleft lips That's what I thought, uh, yeah. around the world. And I, don't, I, you know, people see a cleft lip and or they see a cleft palate and they just think it's like a, an appearance issue. Um, and that's all it is, but it isn't. It actually really affects your your speaking, your swallowing, your eating. I mean, it, it, it has much more functionality than what you realize. Mm-hmm. A number of years ago when Reg and I were dating, we both volunteered at a place called Camp Face. And it was a place that for children with different craniofacial um, differences oh. that they went away for a weekend. And I was a counselor, Michael. Oh. And I had like, these are like some of like the most like 
abnormalities and severe cranial facial deformities. And mm-hmm. so these kids are like made fun of like their whole life, you know, when this is in Mexico. No, it was here in Maryland. Mm. It's here in Maryland. These are American kids. Yeah. And so, and it's just so sweet to be able to spend time with them because it's their one weekend a year that they just are normal, you know, with other kids. And at the end of the weekend, they have a dance, like a prom and they mm-hmm. have to ask each other. It's so adorable. It's so awesome. And there was, you know, a lot of kids who no one had a date with just because not because of their looks, but just because how kids don't ask each other. So mm-hmm. guess what I did all night long? Danced with all the girls. And I some did. Of the boys. I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. It was so sweet. It was really, really just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, yeah, I have a soft spot for this. Um, mm-hmm. You can go to operationsmile.org to learn more. $240 helps provide a complete surgery for a waiting child. That is, I mean, that is, that. In, that is so, that is amazing. Like, you should do that right away. Let me go to this website. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm proud of it. And I'll be making an offering today for that. That is amazing. That is a great offering. You want to summarize our our service today? No, with I want you to summarize. I always do the benediction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you do the benediction. All right, let me do the benediction. Be good to yourself. Believe in yourself. Trust others. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, that works. I'll take it. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Sorry for the delay in getting this episode to you, but you know, life. So <laughs> we will be back when we're back. And thanks for joining us on Church for Atheists, Kumar. So bye. Outro. <laughs> See you later. Hey guys, if you're interested in listening to the bonus excerpts that didn't make it into this show because of the length or just because Kumar didn't feel like adding it, head over to the bonus feature for episodes and listen to your heart's content.